Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Welcome. It's Friday, uh, in the second week of the Ohioan. Uh, we're at January 15th. I'm here with Brandon and Craig. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, hey, a couple things to start out with. Um, just some promos. Um, have Bob Garver on. We have him on our live show, and we're going to have a weekly feature of him on our interview part of the show. So Bob came on. Uh, we released it this morning. Uh, Bob's talking a little bit more about Greenland. And uh, Monster Hunter, um, Brandon, I was shocked. Um, in the podcast, Brandon saying Greenland is better than Armageddon. Hmm. Were you an Armageddon fan? I never actually saw Armageddon, so sorry. I'm... Oh, okay. Uh, G- Craig, Armageddon guy? It's terrible, no. Oh, you <laughs> like Armageddon? I No, I do not like Armageddon. It is an absolutely terrible movie. We well, yeah. um, we have Bruce Willis. No, that's great. It, it, the, the cast is the cast is universally fine. It, it's just Tyler? it it seemed like you know Michael Bay, the director, just decided at one point said, "Well, let's see how many you know how short each sequence can be and have a million cuts." It just okay. no, it's you know end of the world thriller, just not really in my, not not my cup of tea. You know. The only thing that creeped me out about Armageddon, and think about this, Liv Tyler, which I'm not sure she's still doing movies now, uh, she was the love interest in the movie. And at the end of the movie, Steven Tyler, her dad, sang the love song. And I'm thinking if I ever made it to movies, I wouldn't want my dad to sing the love song, you know what I mean, in the movie I'm, I'm starring in. Wouldn't that kind of cut your mojo a little bit if your dad's singing the love song? I mean, come on, you know? Well, maybe at the time when she's, you know doing her stuff with Ben Affleck, you know, she wasn't aware that that song was going to be the, uh, the outro, so to speak. So maybe she usually, wasn't aware. Usually the music's the last thing to get tacked onto a movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. she's like ticked off. Like they don't, they don't play the, they don't, yeah, they're not playing the soundtrack as she and Ben Affleck are kissing and right. anything like that. They, uh, they just say kiss and they go to work. Yeah, because I love my dad. I miss my dad, but having my dad singing while I'm making out just doesn't. It wouldn't be. <laughs> this wouldn't be a good thing. And so maybe the movie directors were ticked at Liv Tyler because they're probably looking at Bon Jovi, a little flashback to our show from yesterday, and they said, "No, wouldn't it screw with Liv Tyler more if we had Aerosmith in it?" I don't know. 
It was a a tough ballad to to avoid, uh, you know, having on a love, you know, romantic comedy ending type, you know, the way that movie ended was in that rom-com kind of way. And it's kind of tough to not have a a power ballad like anything. And at that time, that was one of the big songs out there. So it it probably made more sense than, you know, they probably thought of it more of the song works pretty well for what we're using as opposed to, hey, let's, you know, live Tyler, let's. Let's let's mess yeah. with her by having her dad sing, right? And maybe Liv Tyler had a better chance of being on the movie because her dad could be used as a theme song. I don't know. Man, lots to talk about Armageddon. I didn't think we'd get that go that direction this morning. Um, speaking of that, uh, want to make a little bit of a clarification. Yesterday, um, Brandon and Craig, we are all journalists, and we always you know, run these little corrections in print and online. If we mess something up, well, we didn't really mess anything up, but I think the way we talked about it didn't make it crystal clear. Uh, we talked about uh, who's going to be in this thing, uh, the inauguration TV special, kind of like the um, in place of the balls, like, you know, because of COVID. Um, we're having uh, Demi Lovato, Bon Jovi. We didn't even mention Tom Hanks is um, kind of the what do you call it, the host, which I think is a great move. I mean, you know, Tom Hanks is one of the first people. At least celebrities uh, contract, you know, COVID nineteen. I think Tom Hanks is a universally beloved figure, but we were kind of questioning: Could Biden pull better people? Where's Lady Gaga? Where's other stuff? And Brandon, our ombudsman of the show, right after the show, he looked it up. I think it was on Axios. They talked about how uh, J Lo, Jennifer Lopez, and Lady Gaga are participating. But as a clarification, they're going to be participating in the inauguration ceremony itself. And again, that's the big thing that's taking place at noon. And what we were talking about on our show was the inauguration special. It's going to be at night. So, but to clarify, it's important to clarify because at the end of the show, I was ripping on Joe Biden saying, why can't you pull Lady Gaga? And obviously that's not true. He pulled Lady Gaga for the inauguration ceremony. So props to Joe Biden. So our apologies to him. So it, it wasn't bad. Now, I, I wonder what song Gaga is going to perform during the inauguration ceremony. Any idea, Brandon? Oh, sorry, you broke up. What was that last question? Okay, so Gaga's going to be at the inauguration ceremony. I wonder if she's going to be performing songs during it. We're going to hear some she poker. Like she's, <laughs> she's just singing the national anthem. Oh, so, okay. So uh, we'll probably get a more of a musical performance right afterwards from JLo. So, uh, any, any idea what JLo is going to do? Just do her thing. Um, I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm really, if, you, if you went ask me any song performed by her, I would not know. I just know her yeah. more. As, I'm more of her actress credit cred, not her <laughs> music career. Don't. Yeah, and remember we were talking about that last year during the Super Bowl, kind of being like, okay. I, I mean, I I don't have any problem with J Lo. She's she's all right, but I mean, as a performer, I'm not sure. Maybe it should do dramatic productions of her films or something. You know what I mean? Like. Here's J-Lo in what recent movie was she in? Like The Wedding Planner or something? You know, here's... <laughs> yeah, that's not too recent, but... Uh... <laughs> I was going to say. Like... Yes. <laughs> well, she, you know, she did just perform on the New York New Year's Rock and Eve. Um, okay. I will say, though, if you're asking her to perform scenes from her last film, which was Hustlers, I don't know yeah. that that's the message that <laughs> Joe Biden wants to uh what's to send to the the American public although maybe you know maybe because of the hardships we've had over the uh you know over the last year or so with covid maybe he wants people to have fun and 
maybe J-Lo will do that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Hustlers was her last movie that she had. Don't think I don't think they want to recreate any scenes from that movie. Well, I would... Man, Brandon, I would... I don't know. Joe might say yes. Uh, um, yeah. Some uh, hardworking Americans skim, skimming, uh, scamming the Wall Street <laughs> gurus who were caused the 2008 recession. What can one more we want to repeat of that? <laughs> and I'm a news guy. I'm in either way. And I'm a history buff, so I'm in either way. I'll watch it, whoever performs. But my goodness, uh, hustlers. I mean, who wouldn't watch that? I mean, if you're a Trump fan, Biden fan, I mean, that'd be great. Maybe that could be the unification the country needs. Oh, my goodness. It'd be fantastic. Um, I'm looking at the New York Times because I, I don't want us to you know, be corrected afterwards. Um, yeah, Gaga's doing the National Anthem, which, which would be interesting. Now, here's weird. This is New York Times. This is kind of weird writing for New York Times. Lopez will offer a musical performance of some kind. I mean, how, how vague is that? I think it's just she's gonna sing. That's it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, nothing. She's not gonna sing. Any, she's gonna sing her own own collection of songs, and oh, it's nothing to do with patriotism. Yeah, fifteen minutes <laughs> during the inauguration would be great. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about next next week. But let us know, and you know, not just if you're a listener, but if you are a a a host like we are. <laughs> Let us know if we messed anything up. We definitely want to correct it because obviously we don't want to get incorrect information out there. That's not good. Um, anything else we need to clean up before we get into today? <laughs> so hopefully we don't make any other mistakes. No, I don't think so. All right. Well, let's talk about our news today. Again, I apologize. Crazy day at work yesterday. I, I just kind of threw together some stories in a Facebook chat, but yeah, some interesting things are happening. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about this, guys. Um, Governor Wine, man, he was doing the press conference tour yesterday. He had a couple press conferences talking about this weekend's protest, and then he had his regular COVID press conference he does on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, he was talking about the COVID vaccines, and I guess on, on Tuesday, if you're 80 or up, you're going to be able to get that COVID vaccine. Um, but Ohio only has 100,000 vaccines coming. And according to records, it's there's 420,000 people who are 80 and above. So obviously we're not 80 and above. We're, we're not going to get the vaccine anyway. But even for our relatives, our friends, our, our loved ones that are 80 and up, we're not going to have as many vaccines. Um, does this concern you guys at all? Um, well, we'll start with Brandon. Uh, I, I mean, I know it's not like we're all going to get vaccinated next week, but it sounds like this could be a lot longer than we thought it might be. I think um, I was hearing Dr. Fauci on the radio or somewhere, or like some PSA announcement or something that um, it's going to probably be open season, um, more likely in late March, April, probably, where anyone can just go and get a vaccine. So I think we're all just it's too early. I mean. Um, it's kind of one of those things like, well, we've waited a year, uh, waited, waited a year for the vaccine. I can wait a little longer. Right. Um, and even if you get the vaccine now, you still, it doesn't mean you go, go out. Oh, no more mask, no more social distancing. Right. You know, no, um, this is, <laughs> I, I've always said that this pandemic's not going to end, end with like some sort of, uh, okay. And everyone it's like with a bang, it's not going to end. It's just going to gradually slowly ease out of our collective consciousness as, as um, you'll start seeing media reports saying 
cases are down, cases are down, cases are down. And then after a while, it will, it will be, um, you know, pandemic will be probably um, have ceased. And then soon, you know, um, you'll see stories that restaurants and, and businesses won't have to employ social distancing parameters. It's going to be a very slow roll. It's not, this isn't even going to, um, it might, the first thing that might really hit us in the head will be like when they allow, allow fans back in the sports stadiums, that'll yeah. be probably a good, big, big, um, milestone. Yeah, definitely. Um, Craig, um, I, I'm, my hope in all this is, you know, irregardless of what you think about politics, it's frustrating to see the political divide on how, how we should handle COVID. And in some, in some theories, you could say, well, next Wednesday, you got a new president. So hopefully we'll be more unified. I'm afraid that we're not because there'll be one party in power. And then the other party will just be the angry gripers that protest. Like, you know, we've done for the last four years and, you know, eight years before then. Um, do you see any hope for at least getting better information out there? Because, like, you know, Brand's right. You know, it's not like once you get the vaccine, you could just go hug and kiss everybody. I mean, you've got to still maintain, you know, some distance, all this other stuff. I mean, is there hope out there? I'm not sure if there is. I mean, I, I'm hopeful, uh, not necessarily just for, you know, a new plan, but just – you know, maybe getting better information about the rollout. You know, I think, you know, some people have blamed DeWine as, as far as maybe not really maybe planning out how this rolls out in Ohio better. But, you know, they're they're kind of waiting every, you know, I think he said the other yesterday, you know, on Sunday they, they get the information about how many vaccines they're going to have for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday or something like that. So it, it's got to be a struggle because you know you're not going to get every vaccine for every single person. But then again, we also are more than aware that not every single person is, is wanting the vaccine as well. So, you know, hopefully, you know, President-elect Biden has a plan. It looks like he does have... Um, you know, he did release some, uh, you know, sort, sort of he was going to release a plan um, as far as maybe how much money he's going to, you know, divvy out for not just stimulus checks and things like that and small business help, but also, you know, making sure we kind of fast track the release of the vaccine. And I think we've all kind of when, once the vaccine was sort of announced, I think we were all kind of told that by late spring, you know, March, April, like Brandon said, that we would probably be able to get, you know, a vaccine in every arm that wants it. And I think that, you know, from what we still think is, is still tracking that way, but it's, it's a little strange that, you know, we have so many people in these, you know, age groups or in this, you know, this first set of people that aren't getting it. So then you kind of wonder, you know, is there really a shortage then? Because if only 50% of, you know, people are getting a vaccine, yeah, we have fewer doses, but, you know, aren't we able to cover the rest of them? But sometimes we've had that you know doses that have either expired or you know hopefully have gone into their arms but uh even mike dewine said yesterday we've had vaccines that have expired and had to be thrown out so hopefully we can get on track here and, and just get a better plan and, and maybe more uh you know information on that and brent i like the steps are taking i don't think we're quite there at great information out there but um this article appeared to in the dispatch talks about how there's going to be an online search tool we're on coronavirus.ohio.gov where you can have like seven to 50 locations where you can get the vaccine. You can, um, 
you have to contact the provider to schedule vaccines. So I'm sure if you have any questions about what to do, that'll be available there. And I'm seeing a lot of articles, I know at least with Gannett, Ohio papers, where local places are saying, hey, look, we're going to have a vaccine available here. Here's what you need to do. So I, I think Ohio, even this week, is kind of taking steps to do a better job of at least explaining how to get the vaccine where they're located at. Yeah, I, I think um, it sounds like there's a, a plan in place and there's a, a communication strategy put out. So, um, you know, it's just... It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a slow grueling uh, path forward, but it'll it'll come. I'm, I would be more concerned if the vaccine rollout wasn't as um, in full throttle by by late spring. Um, yeah, I, the thing the thing with the government is never expected to like be uh, necessarily be doing things quickly. Um, so especially when they're implementing things, it takes a while. Then it'll get into a into a motion. I mean, we haven't had a pandemic like this for a, for over a hundred years. So um, we're probably a little bit rusty. <laughs> I guess yeah. probably one way to frame it. I mean, um, on top of that, I mean, you know, so much, I mean, I think, you know, there was that statistics, like a lot of the nursing home workers last week <clears throat> didn't want the vaccine. So right. um, I was just kind of like, we still have this, we also have this other obstacle where, um, people who should probably take the vaccine uh, don't want to take the vaccine because there's all this concerns about vaccines, uh, partly blamed on both sides of the political aisle on during the election about uh, vaccine safety. Um, and then there's the anti- perfect storm with the anti-vaxxer movement on top of that. So um, so there's got there's a lot of work to be done. Um, so um, that's my, that's how I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm a little encouraged. I mean, it sounds like there's some agreement uh, between politicians when you look at Governor DeWine, the incoming Biden administration. Uh, there seems to be an effort to make more vaccines available all at once. And it sounds like a good idea. I hope I hope it works that way. But maybe with that, you know, we'll have some better... Uh, it might help this problem that we're talking about in saying, hey, look, right now, not as many vaccines are available as you think there might be. Um, Craig, quickly, I'll finish up on this. I'm encouraged. I don't like shots. I'm not necessarily anti-vaccine. I'm anti-shot. I don't want to be have shots in my arm, period. Um, I'm seeing here in the story, Johnson Johnson has the one-shot vaccine. It hasn't had federal approval yet, but, man, I'm down with the one-shot. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind shots, but uh, certainly, um, you know, I know family members that, that aren't, and I know friends that aren't really thrilled with shots, so... You know, it's going to be a nice little uh, help or game changer if if the Johnson and Johnson, uh, you know, one shot vaccine gets rolling out here. Obviously, it still needs approval, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, help is on the way. I I think patience is a virtue, and you know, like Brandon said, we're all going to get it eventually, and it, and it's really, it could be three months from now, and I know that sounds like a long time, but. You know, it's going to come for everybody, and and whoever wants it's going to get it. If they, you know, and they're going to be able to get it wherever they, you know, feel comfortable getting it, whether it's a doctor's office or a, a pharmacy. So, it's it's very encouraging news, and you know, hopefully Johnson and Johnson can break through here with a with approval, and that'll just be another you know, you know, step in the you know, link in the chain here to to getting towards maybe more normalcy. All of the vaccines have two shot options. They're saying that the um, first shot's painless. Wondering if the one shot is going to be more painful. Like, you know, if you're putting everything in one shot, it's going to hurt more. But, hey, 
one shot's better than two. That's what I say. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see how it progresses. And I'm glad, like I said, I think there's progress being made, which I'm encouraged by. Um, let's talk also about this. And I want to proceed with caution on this story. But, you know, USA Today had kind of a strong story coming out, um, you know, talking about what happened last week at the Capitol. And I think we've all, from the media to podcasts like us, everybody else, you get on your tippy, to, you want to be careful how you talk about people who do things. And I want to say there's a difference. Like when you talk about the U.S. Capitol, in my opinion, I think it's different than if you're attacking the Capitol than if you're just simply a Trump fan, or even if you've been a Republican in the past. I, I, I think there's a difference, though, of the people who attack the Capitol and other things. But, you know, I, I've seen more and more people talk about, hey, these people are radicalized. I mean, if, you, if you're upset enough to be attacking the Capitol, if you're upset enough to be making death threats, um, we heard this week, um, Brandon, I don't think you were there for that part of the program, but we were talking yesterday about um, with the impeachment, there were Republicans receiving death threats saying, look, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill your family if you vote for impeachment. And we said, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. Would, would you would you guys say, and you know, we'll start Brandon, um, are people like that radicalized? Because I've heard some comparisons saying it's almost a radicalization like in the the world of ISIS where, you know, you start reading some of the stuff, you might say, Oh, that sounds interesting. And next thing you know, you're, you're ready to join ISIS and, you know, fight other people. I mean, do you think it's the same thing or are we just kind of going to, you know, broad generalization? I think it, the word radical, it's an um, um, interesting t- label for what's going on in today's politics. But let me, I guess what best, a good definition for what's going on is, um, you know, to start with, Chris, you, 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 if I gave you a magic wand and said, what, what would your version of, of a perfect America be? You know, yeah. your, what's your utopia? What would your utopia be? Um, and then Chris waves it and, you know, we're all required to wear Pittsburgh Steelers jerseys and, yeah. and root, root for every other team's loss. Or I don't know. That might be a horrifying, <laughs> uh, utopia. Well, my utopia me is or, or Craig great. here. I'm, I'm still not over that, but yeah, no, I hear, I see <laughs> Maybe the Steelers, or no, the Utopias, the Steelers always win. But, yeah, um, they have to go 16 uh, But, um, you know, but to, on a serious note, though, is I have a I have a vision, you have a vision, everyone has a vision of what they want to achieve in America, what they want America to be. And in terms of political ideology, you, you'll have, like, the, the folks on the conservative side have an, an idea of what they want America to be, and the folks on the left have an idea of what they want America to be. But the the thing is, is the system is set up to not allow that um, or not allow it very easily. Um, it's um, and so I think it was some there was a good point, good point, some good points made by some pundits I've heard over the week. Like, is that there's a lot there's for for some conservatives, maybe maybe it, not even conservatives, just Trump supporters, is that they've lost faith in the system. They lost faith in in. Um, and how in the constitution and in um, um, and how uh, their voices are heard in Congress and in, in, in politics in general. So when they're storming the Capitol, they they're essentially saying we want to overturn um, the system. We want to burn it down. 
um, is one way you could probably um, interpret their actions. Um, maybe that's not the case from their perspective. I'm just I'm just saying what I've heard. Um, but that maybe that's what a radical is, is someone who who just wants to burn, burn it down um, and doesn't because they don't like that the system's not allowing them to achieve things that they really can't achieve in a democratic republic. Um, so I guess that's where I'm at in my terms of thinking of are, are some people radicalized or not? Um, I mean, there's a lot of, we're, we're debating over what, did, what does it mean if someone brings zip ties to a state capital riot? <laughs> I mean, um, um, what was the intention? And we're laughing as some of these uh, people who have been arrested said, I just wanted to talk to the reps. Like, could have phone made a phone call, sent an email. And I mean, you might not have been got a quick response, but there are ways to engage, I suppose. But um, um, but there's also kind of like a, I, I think that's really final thought is it's just it's really sad to see that, you know, that, like there's um, that that there's kind of this that the system's failing, and especially it's suffering in a post-truth world where we're not getting the news from one uh, from from uh, from. Uh, mostly the same places, not necessarily have to be like, you know, as long as you got your news from wall street journal versus Washington post that, you know, there maybe um, you're at least sort of on the same page, whereas now it's a lot more uh, free for all wild west style. But, um, um, but that's where, where we're at in terms of are these people radicalized from one perspective? Yes. And Craig, the thing I liked about the USA today, and let's be honest, it was written because there was a lot of, extreme pro-Trump supporters storming the Capitol. But it's not just written from, hey, here's how to stop Trump supporters from being radicalized. You can get radicalized over everything. I mean, we joked this week about how I'm freaking out about the Steelers losing the Browns in the playoffs, but I'm not radicalized yet. You know what I mean? I mean, you can get radicalized about the Steelers. You can get radicalized about Joe Biden. Uh, you can get too radicalized on pretty much anything. Um, do you think... Is it good? And, and we got to be careful about how we approach our family and friends, but it sounds like there's some good advice there just in talking about how to deal with other people because it's important. I mean, any type of radicalization is going over the acceptable norms. And I think we talked about this yesterday is you're not putting your uh, priorities in the proper place. I, 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 I would say, is it, is it good to just kind of be there for your family and friends and not just to make fun of a Trump supporter or Biden support in your life, but just more of just showing care for other people. I mean, I thought there was a lot of interesting truth in the article and we'll link to it in the podcast. So you can read it on your own. Yeah. You know, I think um, in some ways, you know, we've done the whole let's challenge each other's beliefs or let's challenge a radical's beliefs. And it just doesn't work. And, in the, and that's, you know, clearly stated in the story. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you either have to find a balance of maybe not talking politics with, you know, friends or families that may or may not have a radicalization, you know, opinion on this or, you know, try something different. Maybe let them, you know, talk it out and, and, and let them voice their frustrations and, and maybe you guys can have a conversation. But it seems more increasingly as we move along that it's it's harder to have a conversation with, you know, both sides of the aisle these days. And, and it never used to be as bad, but uh, now it's, it's like, you know, you can't have a conversation about, you know, the election results and how fair it was, or, 
you know, where's this mass voter fraud when you ask someone, well, where's the proof and evidence? And, you know, you just get, well, then that's the cover up or whatever it may be. And, you know, the scariest thing for me is, and, and, you know, I agree with what Brandon said, but the scariest thing for me is, you know, you're seeing, you're always going to have maladjusted people doing things like this, storming the Capitol. But to see people like, you know, CEOs, there was a the delegate from West Virginia. There's, um, I think there was a, um, um, someone from the Cleveland School District that was there, um, you know, a psychologist. It just, it, it's not that people can't have different opinions, but it's, it's scary to think that seemingly normal, average, everyday Joes that are intelligent, nice people, that they come across as nice, at least probably that are doing things like this. And, you know, like I said the other day, you know, I, I don't think I've ever, you know, loved anything as much as a lot of these Trump supporters love Trump. And I don't think I've ever disliked or hated anything as much as some of the people that dislike or hate Trump do. And, you know, we, we've got to find more of a common ground, I think. And, you know, it's it's pretty scary when we're talking about, you know, what's going to happen at the inauguration, what's going to happen on Sunday at state capitals. And, you know, these people are not going to stop protesting or being radical or acting the way they want to act just because some people were arrested at the Capitol, you know, from the Capitol incident. So, you know, it's, it's a good story. I'm glad we wrote something like that. We're a part of the USA Today Network. So I say we, but, um, you know, it's a nice explanatory story about what's going on and, and maybe how to deescalate, even if there isn't a way to deescalate. Well, and I'm okay. If you went to the Trump rally on January 6th, Hey, I wouldn't go for various reasons, but if you go, you go. That's fine. But if you go to a rally, it ends up in violence, ends up in people dying. I question those who don't sit there and say, whoa, something's wrong here. Not, oh, it was okay. It wasn't that bad. I, I mean, you have to make a full stop and sit there and say, okay, maybe I still support Trump, but what happened is incorrect. What happened is wrong. And, and the thing I don't like about it and. You, you saw this on the um, floor of the House and Senate when they were debating impeachment and all this other stuff. There were people that were kind of questioning, you know, some of the actions of the rally itself. I'm like, no, you, you've got you've got to get stance as a human being and saying, hey, certain things are wrong. You know, you shouldn't attack this the House and Senate. You shouldn't threaten people's lives. And I guess where I, I come to radicalization is. You know, it's one thing. I mean, you guys don't like the Steelers. That's fine. I like the Steelers. That's fine. But if I'm suggesting something that is harmful and I like something, that's where I'm radicalized. You know what I mean? Like like if the Steelers were went on a murdering spree and, and rampaged the country and killed a bunch of people, like the whole team got together and did that. If I'm supporting that, I'm radicalized. Now, if I like a different team, whatever. You know, you may not like the team. Who cares? And, and not that all Trump supporters are killing people. But what I'm saying is if something happens attributed to a certain movement, you can still support that movement, but you really have to say, okay, guys, this is wrong. This is incorrect. I don't want to be part of this. And my challenge to Trump and the Republican party is to say, you've got to backpedal as quick as possible. And I know the president's released a couple of videos recently saying, Hey, I don't support this violence. You've got to backtrack from it immediately. Like right when it starts happening, you need to say, whoa, this is wrong. And a lot of people haven't done it. And honestly, that's what's kind of frustrating me about it. So, yeah, look at the link. Um, I think it's interesting. And, again, it's not just 
about politics. It can be about anything in life. I mean, there's a lot of things we obsess about. Um, and, you know, try – it's good self-reflective. Look at your own life. Maybe there's something that our priorities are off whack with that we need to change or in your family and friends. I think it was a really helpful piece. I think it was good. Um, I want to talk about this other story. And, and, guys, I really don't want to become an NFL podcast. I mean, I think, you know, we could talk NFL – um, but Urban Meyer, former Ohio State coach, we're based here in Columbus. Um, we're the Ohioans. So Urban Meyer is a famous Ohio State football coach. He retired. Now he's going back to the NFL. And I don't really want to look at this next story as let's break down Jacksonville or let's break down Ohio State. Honestly, we have other, other podcasts where we can do that. So if we want to do that, you know, hey, listen to the other podcasts. I want to have a little bit of fun with this. If you're Urban Meyer, Okay, I know Jacksonville's paying you a lot of money, but you have a nice house in Columbus. You live in Dublin. I was looking yesterday at pictures of, of Urban Meyer's house. Exquisite. Okay. okay. He, he's getting a lot of money in Jacksonville. He could buy a really nice house down in Jacksonville. I know if you're rich, you live different places. I'm trying to figure out. I've never been to Jacksonville, but I'm not sure it's got the best weather or anything else. Is Jacksonville a better place to live in Columbus? Let's take the football out for a second. I'm kind of questioning. I'm kind of scratching my head. Have you, even one of you guys been to Jacksonville before? I almost yeah. was going to say no, but actually I have been because my okay. dad was a, um, a truck truck driver in the moving business. Okay. And um, we went down there. I, I, my dad liked to, oh, yeah, you guys can come help me with, with, the, with working, um, unloading stuff and whatnot. But – Boy, I remember going down. It was not a one of our our um our best trips down there because the heat was on was like it it, it got yeah. to me there. Right. Um and um on top of that like um the lady we moved in was nice. Her neighbor wasn't cuz my dad hit his <laughs> mailbox, I think. Um you know, cuz it's just like the way they signed those roads, but um then the guy came out and it supposedly said, "Oh, I'm a police officer." <laughs> and mm-hmm. Um, you know, but never showed his badge. It was very, very strange, uh, confrontation, but, um, and, um, ultimately dad had to give him some cash to, for the mailbox though, when we were leaving the development, the, um, uh, developer stopped by, uh, was passed by us and he talked to him and he said, oh yeah, we would have replaced that mailbox for free. (laughs) Um, not a good experience in Jacksonville. That's just my weird story for the day, but, um, um, yeah, it's interesting to see if um, um, I think we did go to the beach though, so that was kind of um, that's always fun a little bit. Um, I think I didn't go in the water that year because I was afraid of sharks, exceptionally. So. Are, are the beaches nice in Jacksonville? I can't. Remember. I, I think they look like any good Florida beaches, though. I bet you the better ones are in the southern part where it looks like a pristine ocean blue. Okay, <laughs> Just, um, but. Um, uh, the one concern that they had up there was like the riptide. You got to be careful because it could pull you pull you further out if you're not careful. So, um, um, yeah, that's what I've heard. Well, and for friends that might live in that area, there's a lot of hurricane. It's like a little hurricane alley out there and everything. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, again, if you're getting paid tons of money, you want tons of money. Heck, you'll go to rural Ohio. You'll go wherever. I mean, I. So I'm not saying you would never make a move like that. But I, I don't know, Craig. What I, I don't know if you've been to Jacksonville. If you haven't, 
What sounds appealing about Jacksonville? Just as an area of the country. Well, no, never in a second. Yeah, never been to Jacksonville. I think the the biggest appeal to for Jacksonville for Urban Meyer is that he's going to be making a lot of money, and you know, in, in the NFL and in pro sports in general, but certainly in the NFL where there's a salary cap and you see a lot of player movement. Most people in the NFL, to me anyway, seem like they don't really care about where they play. It's about how much they make because, you know, you're, it's not for long also as the NFL stands for in some capacity. So you're, you're trying to make as much money as possible before you're either too old to play, not good enough to play, or maybe get injured. And I think for Urban Meyer, you know, he had other options. Obviously, he was talking to the Los Angeles Chargers, which who wouldn't want to play in Los Angeles on a new stadium with a good young quarterback. You know, Jacksonville had the appeal of a lot of money. They have, of salary, they, have, they have salary cap space. They have high draft picks, a lot of draft picks. So I think he chose he chose out on the opportunity to have better personnel than maybe even in, San, in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers, where he could probably get just as much money and, you know, be in Los Angeles. So, you know, the appeal, I think, is that he's, you know, he's going to a team that he can sort of mold in his image and, he gets a lot of money for it. So, you know, good for him. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm not saying that he's not a good coach. I think he's a great coach. I just don't know if he's going to be able to handle the stresses that come with it that he really couldn't handle at Ohio State or Florida. Well, and, and you got, yeah, I'm trying to have fun with this. I, I know. I mean, I know football plays a huge role in this, too. But you got to like the area. And I, I'm just like Jacksonville. I mean, come on, you know? Um, and, and, you know, there's rumors that. And I don't know if it's as true now, but a year or two, the rumors about the team may play half their games in London, England, and everything. And I'm saying nothing against London, England. Maybe if you want to move to London, that's not bad. But how is that appealing? You know, half your time in Jacksonville, half your time in London, you're you're traveling all the time and everything. I mean, I I'm looking at just like, and I'll even tell you, LA and Brandy, you can you can you know disagree if you want. Well, I had the chance a couple of years ago with my company uh, to work for the national office, and they said, hey, if you, if you move to L.A., you may have a good chance to get this job. I don't know if I want to move to L.A. I mean, there's smog, traffic all over the place. It's crazy. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Would you be in L.A., Brandon? I don't think so. Not even – I can't even say I've, I've been there via the airport or whatnot. I think um, – I haven't been to really to California in years. So, and that's saying someone who was born in the state, but I actually close last recent, most recent time, which was flying through Oakland. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think Florida would be a better option. Plus I think Urban's got connections there. I'm curious, more curious though, if like, I think he has that pint house, uh, um, bar up in Dublin area. I'm kind of curious how, um, Hey, this will be the Jacksonville Jaguars um, watch party headquarters here all the time. Um, well, well, I'm sure I we were looking at that work yesterday. I, I wrote a couple stories about Urban Meyer. And one of the stories we were thinking about is what happens to a restaurant. But we chose not to go in that direction because I'm thinking, okay, if he's got a lot of money, all you got to do is hire someone to run the, the restaurant. And you, you could check in and, you know, it's 2021. You can – you know, have video calls. Like, I would oh, be surprised if he's actively running it now, is he? Is he actively, he's very I, involved? Or From what I've heard, and 
again, this is speculation. So if you're out there, um, you can probably do a, a great ombudsman on this one. From what I heard, Urban's got more of his just name on it. You know, just saying, hey, I put my name on it. I think Shelly, his wife, has done a little bit more of the restaurant. But I'm assuming Shelly wouldn't do quite as much. But again, I think with a restaurant, you just pay somebody a lot of money to run the day-to-day operations. And, and you keep Urban's name on there. And, you know, Jacksonville isn't super sexy for Columbus football fans, but the fact he's an NFL coach, it probably gives him a little bit more name recognition for the restaurant that he wasn't. So, you know, I mean, he keeps his name on and everything. And I don't think Urban was flipping burgers anyway, unless it was like the first day celebrity <laughs> burger flipping. So, you know. It just becomes a business he owns. I, I know the other thing, and, you know, talking about from a football moment for a second, what is interesting, I don't know if it concerns me, um, in the past, Urban, when he's had some tough times, like he had a tough time at University of Florida, okay, he has health problems. He wants to, you know, do a brief, you know, step away from the game. Ohio State, I mean, he stepped away and he claimed there were some health problems. And there were some documented health problems to say, hey, he may not be able to do it. Well, the NFL, it's a 20-hour day job during the the season. So, now, I'm sure Urban's smart enough. I'm sure his wife and his family's smart enough to look over that stuff. But, my goodness. I I mean, I work 12 hours. Ask my wife. I worked, like, 12 hours yesterday between this and my regular day job. At the end of the day, I'm, like, falling asleep in the middle of the floor, you know, really tired. And I, I don't think I have as many health problems as other people do. Man, if you're working 20 hours, and not just on the junk that we work on, if you're the NFL coach, you're dealing with all those decisions and everything else, man, you're going to get sick if you're healthy. You know what I mean? So, hey, I hope the best for Urban Meyer. I Sometimes I just question that when I hear all this stuff. So. Yeah, well, you win 85% of your games at Ohio State because you're at Ohio State. Right. He's not going to win 85% of his games in the NFL, and that's not a knock on him. It's just the nature of the league and you know he doesn't like losing as it is he you know he, he you know he had trouble with the stress because of the health issues like you said it's a 20-hour job a day and and a lot of these guys like a john gruden they love doing that i don't know if it's gonna you know wear on him more you know health-wise or not but you know we we hope that it doesn't because you know we don't you know you don't you never want to see anything happen to anybody and you know urban meyer has been great for the state of ohio and you know, the hope is, is, you know, this is a great move for him and maybe he can make a lot of money at the end of his coaching career and maybe live out a dream of coaching in the NFL and, and maybe having some success. We'll end up with this because I want to definitely get to our last. It's food. I mean, maybe we should have led with this, but um, we'll end with this. I wrote a piece for the dispatch yesterday. It, it was kind of interesting. Brandon, it kind of surprised me. This is only the second head coach in Ohio State history. Now, they've had great tradition. So I mean, it's not like they've had 500 coaches like the Browns have had. Um, but this is only the second coach to ever coach in the NFL after he coached for Ohio State. Does that surprise you? That does sound it's not you think you would think it would be more coaches, but I think again it speaks to that probably that barrier that there is sort of a difference in being a coach of a football college football program versus the professional level. Um and I think some people have said and I'm not a big American football connoisseur or anything. It's something to do with more like the way they do recruiting. Um, there's just, a, there's a lot of little nuanced differences between the two, but maybe that's going to be, I think I'm, I'm just overall this, this, this coaching move might be more entertaining. It's like, I never really thought of the Jacksonville Dragors. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll tune in to see how urban's doing or, you know, it's, I think, you know, the goal shouldn't 
I thought if I were him, I mean, you would love to get your team into the playoffs or whatnot, but I think it's just like, just have a really good start out with smaller goals and um, have a better, <laughs> it's very easy. The only, this so far this season they've had um, this or this season, they uh, one, one win and rest or losses. I mean, um, you know, if you could at least win half of your games, I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's improvement. So um, yeah. it just depends on how he's going to approach, uh, approach the, um, the, the league. So. Yeah. The other coach, the great Paul Brown, who only coached at Ohio state for three years, but after that he became well known as the head coach for the Browns. And um, he helped start the Bengals, which is interesting. Um I will say, I maybe we weren't quoting coaches as much when we covered the Buckeyes in the 40s. I, I was looking up old Paul Brown stories on the dispatch for the piece I wrote. Didn't hear Paul Brown talk as much about the Buckeyes as the Bengals. If you look, uh, Paul Brown was very fired up about the Bengals and getting fired from the Browns. Not as much talk about the Buckeyes, but I don't know. Maybe we weren't interviewing coaches after games as much in the 40s. I don't know. Kind of weird, but yeah. Kind of, I mean, it's interesting. I agree with Brandon. I didn't think too much of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm hopeful, and, and we'll talk about this more in our Steelers podcast we're going to report on Monday. Doug Marone, the coach of Jacksonville, is a terrible NFL head coach. He's a great offensive line coach, and the Steelers need help with the offensive line. So please hire the ex-Jacksonville coach as our offensive line coach. I'll be happy. <laughs> so maybe that's good that Urban Meyer went to Jacksonville so we can get the old Jacksonville head coach. Who knows? So let's talk about the other thing real quick. Um, lots of food talk on this podcast. I love this. I love that we're daily and I love we're talking about food. I, I am a little bit disappointed in this. Taco Bell is bringing back potatoes. Um, I, I hate potatoes. I don't eat potatoes. I think they're bad. I even know that Taco Bell had potatoes before, but they have a plant-based protein uh, and, and they're bringing back potato bites on March 11th. Now, Taco Bell, my wife loves Taco Bell. I don't like Taco Bell because every time I go to Taco Bell, about 15 minutes later, I'm in the bathroom for a half hour, which isn't good. Um, but are either one of you guys excited about potato bites at Taco Bell? Go ahead, Craig. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm. you know, I will say this. Um, potatoes used to be one of the few things that I got at Taco Bell. Um, they had like a, a cheesy potato burrito, although it does not appear that that's on the menu uh, starting in March here. So um, if if this is the only stuff that's going to be on the menu that's going to have potatoes in it, then I don't really care because I don't really care for a lot of things at Taco Bell. I don't like sour cream, which pretty much, you know, eliminates a lot of the menu for me. So I would say that if they bring back, you know, the cheesy potato burrito, I will be... 100% on board, but you know, we'll see what happens. I'm glad they're bringing him back because I know a lot of people, not just me, were, were pretty upset that they uh, got rid of potatoes off the menu to begin with. Do they do a good potato? Um, yes and no. I mean, there are times where it's really good and it complements what you're eating. Then there are other times where it's, you know, maybe a little dry or not necessarily undercooked, but just a little overdone maybe where it's just a little dry, but um, yeah, I mean, it's hit and miss. I, I, I've only had it, you know, like I said, in the um, potato burrito, I haven't had some of the other offerings they have where maybe they, you know, put in the sour cream and there's a little bit more moisture in there and it maybe helps the potato, but ultimately 
they're pretty solid. And I think they were, they were good enough to where people were really upset that they were taken off the menu and, you know, petitions were filed and people were just all over Twitter going nuts about potatoes being taken off the menu because it was 2020 and everybody was having a bad year as it was. And then all of a sudden Taco Bell takes off some of their primary menu items and everybody just got up in arms about it. So let me see see something controversial. Okay. I get offended like in sports where you'll go up to LeBron James and say, stick to sports. We don't want to hear you talk about other stuff because I think LeBron James has been involved in other aspects of life and culture and everything understands other things. So it's offensive to say, Hey, LeBron stick to sports, but I'm going to say this about Taco Bell stick to tacos. Why are you getting yourself involved in other stuff? I mean, like Subway, I'm a big pizza fan. One of the reasons why I have the, the physique and the body I had is I've eaten way too much pizza over my life. But, you know, I get excited because Subway brings in pizza. Like, we, were, it was a test market in Indiana. My family was over there traveling. I get a Subway pizza, and it tastes like crap. Stick to subs, everything. It's good. Brandon, have you had the Taco Bell potato? Uh, maybe. I think um, maybe in some type of burrito. I don't know. It wasn't, like, for me, I wasn't about the potatoes. I just... I look for like I'm more of a spicy guy, and Taco Bell kept getting rid of all the good spicy items like the volcano burrito and and like then they got rid of the Chipotle burrito. I just like come on, give me one spicy burrito and I'm happy. But um, my wife though was absolutely um, unhappy. I don't know if devastated is the right word, but because she that was her her go to was the potato burrito type item. And um, oh yeah, she's part of that vegetarian market that Taco Bell kind of alienated a little bit and. I, when I was on Twitter, because uh, in my line of work, I usually have to look for some restaurants, looking into what's some what's new going on restaurant scene in Central Ohio. You would be surprised at how many people have tweeted about the Taco Bell menu changes and how many lamented the loss of potatoes on that menu. I was shocked. I thought my wife was the only one, but no, it's 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 a sizable. And I mean, there was so much rejoicement when the news came out the other day about it, and people were saying yes our voices were heard yes booling works because so many people probably tweeted at Taco Bell saying bring back the potato items the reason they got rid of them was partly because when the pandemic hit you know then they found out by getting rid of all they got they had to cut back on some items and um because for faster drive-through times and they found out wow this really does make the process go real fast so let's get rid of them permanently <laughs> and, and, and of course would she compare like oh I mean, I, I'm I'm good with uh, you know veggie options and everything else. I mean, would your wife think that the potato is similar to other potatoes, or or is it a downgrade based on other potatoes you can eat, like the option I talk about? Well, I mean, it's just potatoes are potatoes. I I don't really think there okay. is a much of a difference in quality. I think for her, it's just like it's more of a sub substance, and like you know, it's more more than just like your cheesy burrito or. Or um, whatnot. So, um, they will, the funniest thing with with her it, though is um, when any with any fast food restaurant trying to appeal to vegetarians and vegans, um, they've been embracing the Beyond Meat patties. Um, and my wife is actually not a fan of them. Um, not she she says they taste too much like meat. Um, she prefers like the good old fashioned vegan vegetarian patties that they had out before. Um, cause like, I, it was funny. She kind of liked it that it didn't taste totally like meat or didn't have like a meat flavor. She, cause partly she's, 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 
paranoid that they'll swap in the real deal. Um, so I always, uh, we had, um, when we used to go to Burger King, she used to get the, they used to use like the morning star kind of patties that weren't, and then they swap switched it out with beyond, uh, meat. And, um, she wasn't thrilled <laughs> say the least. My wife substitutes Turkey for ground beef. And she says it's healthier. And it surprises me because I hate Thanksgiving meals. If you just get the Turkey, because Turkey is just a boring drab meal. When she substitutes turkey for ground beef, it actually tastes pretty good. I'm not sure why turkey by itself is very boring, but turkey substitute ground beef and putting in a taco or something is better. But I don't know. Maybe it's just my weird taste. It's the seasoning. It comes yeah. down to seasoning. It's all about the seasoning yeah. with turkey. Turkey is the you know blandest meat out there. You, you've got to season it. You have to healthy copious amounts of seasoning, salt, pepper. Maybe like a smoked paprika. I mean, you really got to give it some punch. Because I like dry stuff, but man, dry turkey, and it tastes yeah. forever to eat. It just, oh, yeah. it just, blah. Yeah. You don't want a cotton ball. You don't want a cotton mouth. You don't want to have to chew it and feel like it's getting bigger in your mouth. You got to cook it to the right temperature. You know, that's why I always suggest on, th on Thanksgiving or Christmas or any kind of event that you're going to do with turkey. I would almost say forego the entire bird and just go with larger turkey breasts. Cook those to the proper temp, season them well, and you'll have a better experience probably with turkey. Okay. Well, I, I haven't seasoned, so that's where I fall short. So you got... have to season everything, okay. Chris. This is, this is the most important thing that you will hear today. You okay, have yeah. to season yeah. everything. I, I can't tell you how many times I've told my wife, season the water, salt the water. Salt the water. Yes. If you're making okay. a pasta dish, if you're okay. making spaghetti, any pasta dish, you have to salt the water. That is where you get infusion of flavor in your pasta. I'm telling you, putting salt on it at the end is not going to do anything for you. Okay. You're just saying in cooking, though, right? In cooking, yes. Okay. Okay. I got a little scared there. I was thinking, I've got a. Like while I work, I have like water bottles. I, I was afraid no, 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 to no. put like some salt in the water bottle. No, 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 unless you like salt right. water. But no, if you're eating pasta, you must salt the water every time. And salty like the sea, not just like a little pinch. Okay, so it's got to be salty like the sea. I mean, you got to watch Food Network; they'll tell you salty like the sea. But I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference when you're talking when you're taking out your pasta. Even if you put you know salt, pepper in your sauce or whatever you might put over top of it. You always want to start with the water, too. Okay, I, I, I'm willing to try it out. I mean... And anytime gonna... you eat meat, anytime you eat meat, you have to salt and pepper and whatever other, you know, you might garlic powder, whatever. You got to salt your meat. Otherwise, that's when you're going to start hating meat because it's bland and boring. You got to put some flavor in there. Of your suggestions this week, I think that's one that I'll be willing to try. I, I'm not turning on Nickelodeon this weekend. I'm that's not. Um, <laughs> what was the suggestion yesterday that I kind of turned, gave you a... a Nickel, uh, well, Guts and uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, you know, the two yeah, nostalgia, yeah. you know, the nostalgia shows that I grew up on. Yeah, it was, uh, it's okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Hey. I, I'm just saying with it's my your loss. options... It's your loss is how I look at it, if yeah. you haven't seen those, those shows. There would have to be a humongous outage of YouTube and every other streaming service this weekend for me to say, okay, maybe it's guts for me. I don't know. I just You know. That's not the top of my viewing. You watch it, and you'll be hooked. 
Guys, breaking news here from New York Times real quick. Uh Uh-oh. What's that? I don't know if it's breaking news, but New York Times just put out, Bruce Springsteen, John Legend, and Foo Fighters will perform during the Prime TV special for President-like Joe Biden's inauguration. Okay. Okay, I'm convinced that he heard us talking yesterday (laughs) about how underwhelmed we were. Because, look, I mean, we didn't see the story about Lady Gaga and J-Lo performing on inauguration afternoon. I'm convinced that they heard heard what the Ohioans said, and they said, you know, we got to step our game up. And they did. They have done just that. Right. You and I are company men. We're down with USA Today. It wasn't like USA Today made a mistake. I mean, USA Today reported. I think the news is just trickling out. Like, you know. Maybe they maybe they were excited. You know, they were excited about the lineup. And then they they started looking at it on a piece of paper. They're like, well, this is, we got to step it up a little bit. This is an inauguration, not, you know, some party. We got to, we got to step it up. And we called out Joe Biden because we said, hey, his first policy decision that we're going to grade is going to be his choice of inaugural entertainment. And we said, no, no, we didn't say F. We didn't say impeach the guy. We we're going to impeach him after his inaugural choices. But we're like C. And as Brandon said yesterday, C for COVID. You know, And you don't want to have a grade that's similar to COVID. I and mean, that's not a good grade to have. So, yeah, heads up to Biden. That and sounds like a good lineup now. You know, he's... Now, did it come out as breaking news from New York Times, or was it just breaking news to us? It didn't even – it's breaking news to us. I mean, I don't know, but um, – Like, there wasn't a big breaking news banner. Like, you weren't getting updates. Like, <laughs> No. I mean, like, it's just like this – I'm just saying, it posted on Facebook. Uh, let's see. Clicking on here. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. I don't I pay for New York Times. <laughs> I don't know what time they published this. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Looks like it published today, though, according to their URL. So maybe that means it just came out recently. Okay. So I, I, maybe they need to put out a, a full press release. Like, here's the list of lineups. Yeah. But maybe they're go, they're just putting out new stars every so often. Maybe Craig's right. Maybe they heard the Ohioan. Yeah. Um, I'm convinced they did. And it'll trickle out. So each state will add a couple. Because, hey, okay, well, remind me. What were the three you mentioned? I didn't, uh, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. John Legend, and Foo Fighters. Okay, all three good choices. And, and you had advocated for Foo Fighters yesterday, right. you know, the other day. So, yeah. And these rank as no matter who's being inaugurated. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Joe Biden. I'm not pro or anti. I'm fine. It's, But no matter what you think of Joe Biden, even if you're someone who stormed the Capitol, even if you're like, oh, I can't take Joe Biden, I'm upset, you would have to be happy with Springsteen, Foo Fighters, and John Legend. I mean, those are people that you would sit there and say, I'm going to watch a show. It's like the Super Bowl, brand. You're not a fan of American football, but if you're not a fan of American football, probably the halftime show helps you decide if you're going to watch or not. So these are people that it's like Lady Gaga being on the halftime show a couple years ago. You watch that game because you want to see the halftime show, yeah. right? <clears throat> probably Gaga's halftime show was like the last best halftime show we saw. Then they went right. NFL just went, Hey, let's just throw in a lot, bunch of singers and see what happens. And right. We even talked about it on our previous edi- iterations of this podcast, yeah. Chris. So how terrible <laughs> the halftime shows have been lately. So same podcast, yeah. different names, different times, different, <laughs> yeah. different people. <laughs> 
different blocks Facebook friends ago. You, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> oh, simpler times. So, well. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, and I'm kind of wondering with Lady Gaga. Yeah, sing the national anthem. Nothing gets the national anthem. But I want her to replicate the Super Bowl halftime show. Maybe she can stand on the top of the U.S. Capitol building like she did at the Super Bowl when she's at the top of the stadium. She kind of bungees off the stadium or I mean, it looked like she bungees off oh, the And they had all those drones. Drones doing – um. Yes. Uh, flying together and using to create the American flag. I don't know. We can't see that in daylight, though. But, uh, well, yeah. well, and the drones will probably be there for different reasons, just to make sure everything's all cool. She might be, that happens, she might but, be repelling you know. into like a, a sea of uh, you know National Guard, though, so that might be yeah. a little odd. Maybe they could catch her. I don't know. They could... Oh, that would be great. I would watch that. Oh, man. Yeah. See, we're, we're creating a better show. And again, no matter what you think politically, if you love the guy or hate the guy, it doesn't matter. When you get good guests like you're getting, I'm impressed. Yeah. And again, I want them to perform their original songs too. I, I don't want us just to have, you know, a bunch of patriotic songs. I mean, I'm not against patriotic songs, but I want Poker Face. I want, you know, Foo Fighters to be the best of you or, you know, whatever their other hits were. I mean, I want to hear the hits. It's great. Absolutely. So. If Nickelodeon Slime makes an appearance at the inauguration, we know they've listened to us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Biden gets a big slime shower after he's being inaugurated. <laughs> he would lose all credibility. I think it would be good. Maybe at the inauguration um, you know, event. Paul McCartney back in the USSR. Wouldn't that be great? I would have special meeting during this political season. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well, we're, we're getting a little crazy now, so. Paul McCartney well, gets back, and he says, we're bringing back the Beatles together. Oh, great. Yeah. And you're like, wait, how? Yeah, yeah, two of them would be hard to bring back. Wait. Yeah, do hologram. Yeah, or something. Hologram. Oh, hologram, big. Oh, uh, man, that, that would be great. And see, and that's if, if I'm president, that's what I'm pushing for. Yeah, I want to set a good agenda, but, man, I want the best inauguration show. Like, like for Trump, it seemed like he was re really into the numbers or the ratings. I wouldn't care about that. My my big deal would be is, man, how many cool people I can get together. I mean, I don't care if no one shows up. I just want, you know, the best people there. It'd be great. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for checking out the second week of the Ohioan. <clears throat> and now I have a coughing fit in the show. How great. Um, yeah, check us out on social media. <clears throat> Yeah, just go to our uh, podcast page if you're checking us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or, or if you're checking us out on the website. Share the podcast. Uh, I got a real nice note. I believe it was one of Craig's friends yesterday. She enjoyed the podcast. I'm like, yeah, share a like. So, yeah, keep sharing us. We've been really um, happy with the progress we made so far in terms of the number of downloads and everything. <clears throat> but like I said, keep sharing it. Have fun with it. Um, so if you go to the Anchor page, and the Anchor page is right on our, our podcast page, you can subscribe to your favorite podcast catcher. Leave us a message, okay? There is a spot on that page where it says message. If you leave that message, it's going to say, hey, sign for a free Anchor account. So sign for the free Anchor account. You can leave us a voicemail message, and we will play that during the show if it's clean. But, you know, if it's clean, we'll play it during the show. Let us know about anything you want to. Make fun of us. It should be good. Um, um, yeah, so check us out. Um, any other shouts you want to do real quick before we take off for the day? No, I don't think so. Uh, 
looks like Brandon doesn't have any either. So no, um, no, I don't. <laughs> no, two of them quick things. Sign for Chase um, on our account. Um, all you gotta do is click the link, sign for a free um, Chase account, and if you sign for a direct deposit, they'll put two hundred bucks in your account. Simple as that. Uh, don't forget to do that. And then also Monday, uh, we're gonna have a special show. Um, I don't think I told Craig and uh, Brandon about this. <clears throat> One of the dispatch. Um, Excuse me. I'm sorry about this. One of the dispatch journalists that are going to be out to protest, <coughs> covering for the paper, they're slated to call in. They may call in live during the show. If not, <coughs> I'll attach it at the end of the show. But Ohio, check us out. I better go before I uh, totally lose it. Have a great day. I'll see you next week. <coughs>